Hi guys and welcome back to Fit with Viv and Kate. So for today's episode, it's going to be a little bit less on health and fitness and a little bit more on happiness, mental health, because we are diving deep into the topic of self-doubt and dun 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 (laughs) well me and Katie I feel like we're both on some level uh perfectionists and we are you know not just to toot our own horn or anything but I feel like we're (laughs) both very intelligent humans and so we are used to being good at things so when we're not we kind of or I kind of shut down and I'm like oh I'm not gonna I'm gonna avoid every activity that I'm not absolutely amazing at because I'm used to being amazing at everything you know what I mean (laughs) which is a horrible way to go about life because there's always going to be ways that we need to stretch ourselves new activities that truly the only way you're going to be able to get better or get good at it is to be bad at first you know what I mean I also think as as high functioning individuals I think we are automatically more self-critical and we are automatically our, our brains work a lot harder and faster. And I think a lot of the times with high functioning brain capacity, I'm going to throw a fake science (laughs) term out there. It sounded good. I know it did sound good. (laughs) Um, but I think a lot of times that leads you to be over analytical and, and being over analytical and self-criticizing leads to a lot of self-doubt and a lot of, um, quote unquote dark thoughts about yourself and so I think it'll be really interesting and very vulnerable to talk about today because I don't often share these things that we're probably going to talk about and uh, I'm sure we're going to discover some stuff that we probably didn't even know so I'm very excited yeah I mean what better place to uh discover things about yourself than on a live (laughs) on the internet yeah on the (laughs) internet to a bunch of strangers (laughs) um so I mean where like are there specific areas that you feel like you deal with self-doubt or self-criticism the most slash are there areas where you're like I'm the shit I have no self-doubt no criticism for myself in these areas I think a lot of my self-doubt and a lot of my criticisms about myself really center around social situations I think I've just forever had a really um really hard time feeling like I fit in or feeling like I have a good group of friends like I've always felt in my friend groups that I'm kind of the bottom of the totem pole whether that's justified or not I've always had that thought you know I have some really great best friends but I think in general I don't have a lot of friends and I think when I look around and I see all these people with a hundred friends or you know girls getting married with 65 bridesmaids and I sit there and I'm like I don't even know 65 people like I don't even know who I would put in my wedding you know all these things so I think that is a huge point in my life where I have self-doubt Again, justified or not, I think self-doubt is is just a thing. It doesn't necessarily have logic. It doesn't necessarily have reason. It just creeps in. Um, and then the other time I always have self-doubt is when I'm trying something new. And that might be a defense mechanism where, like, if I doubt myself enough, I won't do it. And then I kind of get out of doing something new, which isn't good for you. Do something new. Try, try new things. Um, Wait, is that how you felt about country line dancing oh yeah me and Viv went swing dancing it was super fun no I actually loved that I don't think I had any fears about that one that's great why is that I don't know but I I think about it like in high school all my friends were playing sports and I remember like starting to play soccer I did not want to play soccer I did not want to do it um I just remember 
the thoughts in my head were, you're going to be terrible. You're not athletic. You're not good at this. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to look stupid. You're going to fail. Right. And like, then it stops you from doing it. Um, and now I'm an adult and I'm like, I wish I stuck with sports. Like, I think that probably would have been good. Um, so those are the two areas where I definitely experience self-doubt the most. Um, and then my most confident is at work, um, and with fitness. I remember you telling me that your parents are very supportive of you, um, and that they were not critical of you, but were either of your parents critical of themselves? Both. Okay. There you, because <laughs> I don't think we learn criticism. Oh, I do think we learn criticism by people criticizing us, but I think we really learn it by people. We, like we learn what people do, you know, not necessarily what they tell us. Right. It's like we don't learn by what our parents tell us we should do. We learn by their example. So do you feel like there's a tie like you saw how self-critical your parents were of themselves because they held themselves to such high standards that you're like, oh, that's how it should be, maybe subconsciously. Yes. But I also think there's almost an aspect of because they were not super demanding or controlling or like you have to be great. There's almost a... Um, I want to call it like a self-fulfilling prophecy where like I took that on and I was like, well, they don't care, but I know they want greatness. So I'm going to have to be hard on myself to get to that greatness. I didn't have someone else pressuring me. So it came from within. Wait, do you feel like they didn't tell you, but they, but they, <laughs> act, but they expected it? Yeah, totally. Because I think that's worse yes. than someone telling you because yes. it's, it's very clear communication and you know, it's like worse when you think someone's mad at you, but they won't tell you. You just feel it. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And it's almost like when my parents say something like, oh, we're just disappointed. Like, it's fine. We're just a oh, little disappointed. Worse. And you're like, that's what? Horrible. Oh my God. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, my parents definitely did that. They were just like overwhelmingly supportive and fantastic and like you know I could have been a carnival clown and they would have been so proud of me as long as I was trying my hardest like that's what they wanted for me really? is like do your very best whatever happens happens there's no point in stressing about it like you will be great in your own way um so I think intuitively you just take that on and you're like I'm gonna be great I gotta figure it out like I gotta be great so um yeah I don't feel a lot of pressure but they definitely were they themselves are very um very independent, very, very smart, very driven. My dad is very successful. My mom is very successful in two very different ways. And so I just saw, saw a lot of that and had a, a lot that I felt like I had to live up to. Cause like two parents can't have a shitty kid. Like you gotta have a successful kid if you're successful parents, like that's my assumption. So yeah, I take a lot of that on myself. That makes sense. I think, um, you know, when you are in the world of hard workers and successful people there is absolutely nobody better that no one that is better than those people at criticizing themselves and seeing their flaws which is also the reason why they become so successful because mm -hmm. they're able to see problems and fix it but when you're constantly in the fix it problem solver mode you're you are kind of feeling inadequate because you're just constantly focused on what's wrong which again also is I feel like the equation to be successful because problem solvers that that's where I feel like that's where the money is you know you're solving people's problems you're yeah. selling products you're whatever um but it's it's a it's a double-edged sword because yes you are it's kind of like body image you when you fix your like when you lose weight you are, yes, you are losing weight and you're thinking you're getting what you're getting, but really now you're focused on, you know, 
are you doing everything you need to be? What if you do gain weight, right? So I just, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah, you always tell me that. Like, I know. Well, but I'm curious with you because I know you've told this story before where, like, you took a non-traditional path with going to personal training and, like, you had parents who thought success was very directly tied to, like, profession and career. So where did your self-doubt begin? And is it tied to your parents, like we were just talking about with me? or, Or where does yours stem from? You know, I really didn't experience the self-doubt in the career realm. I think, yeah, because I was always good at, one, I was good with people. I love people. I love listening to them. I love working with them. I was really good at, yeah, just figuring things out, problem solving. And so in the career realm, even though my parents were skeptical, I actually did not, I really didn't deal with self-doubt when it came to my business thank God. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would not, to be honest, that would not be a fun place to deal with self-doubt. I, yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I, I fully believe that I am capable of achieving absolutely anything that anyone else is. It's just like, do I want to do that? <laughs> so I have no doubt that I really can, whatever I set my mind to, I'm going to achieve it just because I, I don't know. I, I've really seen what I'm capable of. I see how quickly I can figure things out when I'm determined. Um, but if I, if there is an area, it would be similar to you where it'd be socially. And, you know, uh, my boyfriend D, he's like the funniest, just most social. He always says the right thing. He knows how to make people laugh. And I definitely think that is where I would experience self-doubt where, again, it's like, am I saying the right thing? So my default is just to ask people questions about themselves because I feel like it's the easiest conversation starter. And that's actually helped me develop a lot of confidence um, in my social interactions. But um, I think, I don't know, there's this, I feel like there's this constant void I'm feeling where I don't really feel fully connected. Yeah. I don't feel like I have a best friend where we're reciprocating, you know, you're telling me everything and I'm listening and then I'm telling you everything and I trust you and you're listening. So I guess the self self doubt there would be that I don't, I don't uh, naturally know how to show up in, in social groups. Like again, my default is ask people questions about themselves, but I don't feel like in my heart that's fully how I want to show up so I don't know if that's considered self-doubt but I think there's just a little bit of like confusion and and unsureness of how to show up my best socially does that make sense yeah and I wonder and I now that we're talking about this like I just wonder if it's because I struggle there too. We just talked a ton before this podcast about just how uncomfortable and analytical I get in social situations. Whereas most normal people will go into a social situation. You're able to just like let go and have fun. I, for some reason, don't have that ability. The whole time I'm in a social situation, I am thinking about what I'm saying. I'm thinking about what other people think of what I'm saying and like, what am I wearing? What am I doing? Am I eating the right food? Like it's so ridiculous. And I think the thing about me is it's so frustrating to me to feel those feelings Because like you just said, I know that I am determined. I know that I am good at things and I am strong and I am powerful. Like I know all of these things about myself. So why in this one instance am I like, "Eh, I'm not good here. This isn't my place. Like why? And and part of me thinks it's because you and I have really strong work ethics. We have really strong determination. Those are not things that easily translate into the social world. Like you don't need to be determined when you're sitting at a bar. You don't need to have strong work ethic when you're sitting at a bar. So like 
maybe that's why we have a hard time. Like, I don't know. I try to figure out why, why is it so different from daily life that social situations are so hard, but like, that's the only thing I can think of. I know for me, I have a feeling where mine's from. It's because I was always observing the popular kids, um, especially the popular girls who were really good with guys, who were like really <laughs> good at naturally flirting, who were funny, who were effortless. And I felt like I was always trying way too hard and they were not trying at all and then reaping all the benefits. So mine was p- definitely comparison in like middle school and high school and just noticing how these people did things effortlessly. And for me, it was just... It was constant trying and effort. So that's where I think my social anxiety and self-doubt started. Um, but I, it's funny because I had, I had so many up and down um, experiences where I felt like I thrived socially and I, I was effortless and I was really good socially with people and I was funny. And I, I noticed it was really... Um, it was just, an, it, it was based on how I felt that day. So if I was feeling good, if I was feeling confident and I could show up the same way socially, but if I was feeling low for whatever reason, if I was hyper-focused on a problem, then, you know, socially, I just couldn't show up yes. the way I wanted to. So I think my self-doubt, uh, when it does appear, it's just, it's stemming from what I learned a long time ago was like when I observed, like I said, the popular kids who are really effortless, especially when it came to boys, I was just like, how do you, how are you so effortless? Oh, but totally. Yeah, I, totally. it was crazy. But it was funny because, because I think because I observed it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I observed it and I really, I really was like, I'm just going to, going to try this method of not caring and holy crap, it works. <laughs> It's so true. Like when you just don't give a crap and you're on a date and you just don't give a crap about what the other person thinks, but you're still polite, you know, you're still you and you just show up however you want to show up. It it does bring this certain level of confidence that, that exudes from you and people can feel it and it's very attractive. So I don't even know how I'm on the topic of dating, but I, <laughs> it, it, I've had this roller coaster with like social events, with dating and self doubt, and it used to be way worse when I was younger. I'm much better now, and I think it's because I focus on, hey, you know what? I am so great in so many areas, and I also have weaknesses. But so does this person I'm talking to. Like there's there's nothing different between us. And I think it's when you put someone else on a pedestal and you're like, oh my god, this person's like so much better than me, or they have this and I don't. You really realize, wait, no everyone is a human being everybody you know we're all the same we really are and so once I started looking at everyone as hey there's no good or bad there's no like cool uncool it really helped me talk to absolutely everybody with neutrality and then that self-doubt just went away yeah that's beautiful I I always say like comparison is the death of us like like if you're comparing yourself to someone else, you're already behind, like just live and be your own self. And like, that's going to be enough. And it's funny that I'm giving advice because this is the place I struggle the most with. But like, if you're in a group and you're struggling and you're feeling like you don't belong and you're feeling like no one is listening to you or they don't care about you, then those aren't your people. And you need to find those that are so cool. Uncool. doesn't matter. Like, like in high school, I wish I would have known this. Like you don't have to be cool. You could be uncool and find other uncool people and be your uncool little group. And I say uncool, not in a bad way. I I love being uncool. Like I'm very strong in that. Um, like I don't have positive or negative connotations to either of those words, but I always felt like there was such heavy emphasis on being cool and being popular. And like, honestly, those people are probably 
struggling just as much as you are. And like everybody's going through this. And I think personally, I just feel like I emphasize it more and I just need to let go of that and I'd be way happier. Well, I definitely noticed when I struggled the most with my own confidence was when I was trying to fit in with a group that was again, high on the social, the social totem pole, but I didn't, I didn't like any of the things they liked. Like they, oh my gosh, they like, they like, um, they're into fashion and I don't know, like hair products. And Viv's showing this. up in her XXL t-shirt down her knees. Yeah, dude, like <laughs> legit. That's what I wear all the time every day. And I just, I, you know, you just want to be, when you're, it feels good to be part of the popular kids, right? But when they have no similar interests as you, you just know that you're not living your best authentic totally. life. And I used to do that all the time. I was like, I don't even... Like these people, I don't even know what they're talking about. They're talking about this like crappy music and all this stuff that I just, I like literally I would just nod for like hours because I had no idea what they were talking about. And it wasn't until I found friends that I just liked what they liked. I didn't care where they were at socially. I didn't care how they looked. I didn't care how they dressed. I didn't care any of that. We're just, we have the same interests. We have the same humor we're able to relate to one another in so many different ways. And that is when I could fully show up confidently, even like no matter who I was around, just because I knew that I was choosing things that felt authentic to me. And it's the same now where I choose, like I used to force myself to go to social events because I felt like, oh, you know, I always tell myself I don't like being in big groups, so I should force myself to like being in big groups and, you know, challenge myself to grow and it just constantly made me feel worse and worse because again it's just not somewhere I'm comfortable socially and the more I tried to make it a thing the worse it became versus hey you know what naturally I'm damn good one-on-one with people so why don't I just add more of that into my life and once I actually started to do that oh my god my confidence skyrocketed completely and so I feel like our again I feel like our society is so big on develop your weaknesses, but why not focus on your strengths? Because if you're constantly developing your weaknesses, I mean, you're constantly just reminded, wow, I'm, you know, not good at this. And there is, there's obviously a, uh, there are certain things where if you're not good at it, but it's a skill you need for daily life. Okay. You probably should work on it. Like if you, maybe you just like die of anxiety every time you're on the phone, but it's part of your job. Okay. Maybe work on that. But if it's not necessary and you just feel like people tell you, you should be good at this or you should want this, but you don't feel like it's true to you. Why do you need to change that? So I think that's the line I draw between self-improvement, but also dude, develop your strengths. It's okay. Nobody is good at everything. And truly people who are most successful in this world hone in on their strength and whatever their weaknesses are, they delegate it. They give it to someone else. You know, they don't make it a part of their life. Does that mean that you're going to have some holes in certain areas of your life? Yeah, but who has, who focuses on, you just can't focus on everything. So I think this is a kind of a pep talk to anyone listening, but mostly myself. Like, yeah, focus on your strengths because you've got a lot of them. You also have a lot of weaknesses. If you want to focus and develop those, feel free to. But it's not necessary to be a good human being. or to be a productive human being to try and make all of your weaknesses your strengths you know what I mean just drop some knowledge bombs because I really I did not realize how heavily we emphasize like focus on your weaknesses like I think it's a really good point like 
we all have things that make us unique and special. And like, why would we not hone in on that and like excel in those areas? Like there's, again, like you just said, you're not going to be perfect in everything. So like, I don't want to say stop trying, but like do what you do and do it really well and find the things that you love that play off of that. I think, and you know, I think that's why, um, because I've noticed like the way you describe yourself and the way I describe you are different. I'm always like, oh my God, Katie's so inspiring. She's so organized. <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm neurotic. I'm, yeah. So you're <laughs> focused on what you perceive as your, your weaknesses, but I see the most incredible strength in you that literally I've never met anybody as again as organized as on top of things as you are and it's such a superpower it's a and it's like everything you can either see what bad comes from it or what good comes from it and and what you focus on is totally going to determine your life you know so I I just think that for anyone listening you have a strength yeah. But if you're constantly feeling self-doubt or lack of confidence, it's because you are focused on your weaknesses. And I know that's definitely been the case for me for and whenever I felt the most self-doubt, you know? Yeah, and I, I always say, yeah, I'm, I'm lame, I'm neurotic. And I think those descriptors, I wouldn't give myself that. I want to focus on the positives, but I think where that comes from is me hearing that once. I hear things once. If they're bad things, I will take them. I will like harbor those forever. And from then on, I am focused on how lame I am. I am focused on how neurotic I am. I'm focused on how I can't relax. Like all these things that I've heard, you know, maybe just in passing or like through a text message, like maybe it's not a heavy emphasis, but I've heard them once or twice. And like, that is what I hone in on. And so I think personally, what I'm trying to develop is doing the things I love and like finding that that's okay, even if it's not the norm or even if it's not something that everybody approves of. And I think that's something we've talked about in the past where it's like the hardest thing to do is to like do what you love and be confident in it. So like, I just say that cause like for me, social situations really rough. Well, why am I going to put myself through that? I'm going to be unhappy. People are going to notice I'm unhappy. If I don't love it, I'm not going to do it. Like I don't understand why that's so hard. But the other thing I've noticed with myself with social situations in particular is when I am doing something I like, so let's say bowling. I, for some reason, really love bowling. If if I'm with a group of people and I'm bowling, I'm having a damn good time. I'm okay. I'm not freaking out about what I'm saying. I'm not worried about what the people think. And for some reason, maybe it's because I'm in my own domain. I'm in somewhere I'm a little more comfortable with. Whereas if I'm just sitting at a bar or sitting at a group of people where I'm forced to just have weird conversation with people I might not like so much, you know, that's where I struggle the most. And so I think in any situation, if you can tailor it to your strengths, like we were just talking about, tailor it to the things you love, you will have less self-doubt. You will have an easier time and you will be happier with yourself. So that's just something I've learned over the past couple of months that I'm trying to work on. Well, if how, how can you tailor your strengths into your social events? Like how could you realistically see yourself... Uh, you know going forward like changing whatever it is you do now that maybe makes you uncomfortable socially what what do you think you should be changing for the future well I think it's like maybe it's not a strength necessarily but for me what I'm trying to change is like being around people I genuinely thrive and, and love like so I have I have this girlfriend that I work with and she is such a goober. Like she's so funny. She brings out all of the things that I love in myself, like my fun aspect, my let go aspect. Like she brings that out in me. And so when I'm with her, I find myself having a really good time. I find myself 
having a drink, letting go a little bit, forgetting about my long to-do list. Whereas when I'm with this different group of people who I might not necessarily vibe with, it feels a little forced. I'm sitting there and I am having self-doubt or I'm thinking about everything else I need to be doing and I'm not enjoying myself. So for me, it's very much realizing like you have the right and the ability to find people you love and vibe with and you are not forced to be with the people that you don't want. So I know we always talk about like cut the dead weight, cut the people out of your life that are not serving you and I am a living example that that's very hard and I don't always do that, but um, I think that's a very real example for me right now. I like that. I think it's very relatable, but also shows, you know, what area is most beneficial for your growth. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I, I do think, I feel like especially as females, we get really tied to whatever connections that we have. Um, we're just, you know, we're more, more of the communal um, gender. So it's, we really, it, it can be really hard to sever those ties when, even if you know that a relationship doesn't fully serve your bring the highest totally. joy um so yeah i think that's a great pl- like even just anyone listening if you feel like that is your maybe your weakness i would urge you to ask yourself okay what is the story you're telling yourself about that relationship about that person about what the severing this time means maybe you can view it as something different like hey not all relationship like every relationship is actually here temporarily like it's supposed to be temporary it's supposed to be only for x amount of time so you can learn something from somebody and then you let it go because that's what life is about change and evolution so it really comes down to what is the story that you're telling yourself that is causing you to not take action on the things that you want to like what because there's always going to be something you're telling yourself there's always going to be a subconscious block and the first step you need to do is identify what that is so then you can move past it once you see that that is not true But if you can't identify it, then you're going to constantly have this resistance to changing, to cutting people out and not know why and then not act on it. Um, So that would be my advice. And I I say that because I definitely I feel like I I do very well when it comes to to not holding on to friendships that don't serve me. Um, It's a skill I've learned over the years. But I know for me, the story that I tell myself is hey, I am, and I always say this, like I am the one person in my life that's going to be a constant. Like I'm always with me 24-7, <laughs> right? And so my life is based on not the other people around me, but the choices that I'm continually making in my life. Like is this a choice that is closer to my authentic and highest self or is it further away? And if I continue making choices further, it's just going to get worse. It's momentum. Momentum is 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 like everything you know like when you're in a in a fat loss journey as the ball starts rolling it becomes easier and easier well the more choices you make away from your true self the easier it is going to be to do that the more self-critical you are the easier it is going to be going to be to do that because now it's a habit now you have the momentum so just remember every single decision that you do or don't make is a big deal And I don't say that to worry you, but just to, hey, be conscious of your choices and really ask yourself, is this something that's helping or hurting me? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think all of this conversation has just had me thinking like, you control your thoughts. You control everything you're saying to yourself. Your self-conversation is so important. So as I was sitting here. Yeah. And as I'm sitting here and telling these stories, I'm like, what the hell, Katie? Like, why do you even have self-doubt? I don't understand you. And, and for me, someone again, who like my brain is constantly firing at 200%, it is hard for me to not understand or find logic. And so as I'm sitting here and I'm like, 
you control your self-doubt. You control this. Like, just change it. Like, so just know, like, any situation you're going into, have positive self-talk. Do something you love. Find the passion with it. Find your positive emotions. Like, all this crap we keep telling you guys, like, do it. Because clearly in my two stories, they were the same situations. In one, I had self-doubt. and the other, I didn't. Why is that? Because I'm choosing to put myself in situations where I have self-doubt. And so it's just like, take the power back, do what you need to do to be in a better, healthier place mentally. And I'm like giving myself a pep talk here. Cause it's like so ridiculous to me that self-doubt can find itself into these weird situations where it doesn't have to be there. So that's a, that's a ramble just to tell you, like you control your thoughts and your emotions. and like, just do it. I completely agree. And I, I want to, you know, leave, leave you guys with one last thing, which is you need to be damn careful of who you surround yourself with. Mm. Because growing up, I had two family members who were ridiculously critical of themselves, of me, of every of everyone in their lives. And I always heard these people talk about, oh my gosh, like that girl, I, I literally heard this. And I think this is where my body image issues started, where um, I heard someone say, oh my gosh, like she's so fat or she's this, or she's not that smart, or she didn't do this, or whatever. Not referring to me, but someone in their life. And the more you hear people be critical of, whether it's themselves, of other people, of course you're going to start being critical of yourselves. You absolutely are who you surround yourself with. And I am so grateful to say now that my boyfriend is the most... um, he, he always looks on the positives. He always looks at what's good about people. He always focuses on, even if someone I think is a whack job, he'll focus on the one thing that he liked. And it really has helped radiate into my life, has really helped inspire me to focus on the positives. And I'm so, so grateful for him. And if you don't know anyone like that in your life, hey, that's totally fine. But at the very least, minimize contact with the people who are critical. I actually, um, there was a fitness coach that I, um, you know, used to see a lot. And I just noticed she was constantly looking at herself in the mirror, constantly picking her apart herself. And I actually distanced myself from her because I don't, I just don't want to be around that. Like, I don't want that to be a normal thing. I don't want that to be yeah, I don't want that to be a normal. And so I just made the decision like, hey, I just, I don't want this to be something that's a norm in my reality. So I'm just going to distance myself from it. And I really made it that simple, you know? And so again, just be very mindful of who you are surrounding yourself with. Like if you're noticing that people are saying things that are making you feel bad, one, obviously it's a story you're telling yourself. You can change your own thoughts regardless of who's around you, but also to it makes it a hell of a lot easier to not be around those people or to limit your contact with those people. So definitely keep that in mind when you are with your friends, when you're with your family members, because family members can be some of the most critical people. Um, So really, you have to, one, be careful of your environment. And something that I think is important for people to know is Obviously, it's not reasonable for a lot of people to be like, hey, just cut out your family members forever, you know, even if they are critical. But to say, hey, give yourself some time and some space away from them so that you can create the habit of focusing on positives, on focusing on your strengths, so that you have that that energy to focus on yourself temporarily and then go back so that you are stronger mentally and you don't actually take in all the, the stuff that maybe other people try to give you 
uh, because you've built that strength up in yourself. You gave yourself that time. So it's, it doesn't have to be a forever thing, but definitely give yourself that love and respect to take some time, take some alone time, surround yourself with people that do focus on your strengths, focus on their own strengths, build themselves up so that you can go back out into the real world where there are going to be critical people, but you're much, you're definitely able to handle it better because you've already instilled that foundation of a positive mindset. And I'd also say like on the flip side of that, and this is the last thing I'll tell you guys, but something I've been working on as I've been struggling with my own self-doubt and as I've been critical of myself and my body image, you know, over the last couple of years, I just find myself being more and more self-critical. I've noticed I am also fairly critical of others. So like you're just saying, get rid of, get rid of people who are critical. Like I have seen that in myself and it's not something that I see as a, as a positive. So I'd say when you're out living your life, if you're in a really good mental place, it's really easy to criticize others. Cause you're like, I'm amazing. I'm living the best life. Look at this loser. Like, you know, it's horrible. So I would just say when you're out and about, like, remember that everybody's going through something. Everybody has a story. Like you don't know what your actions and, th- and thoughts and words are going to do to somebody else. So it sounds really stupid. And I, I'm going to assume none of you are bad people, but like even good people can pass judgment. And it's something that I tell myself every day is like, why did you just make fun of that stranger on the street that you don't know? Like, did that serve you or that person? No, like cut that shit out. So it's something I'm actively working on. And I just want to say like, everybody's going through something and you don't know what, what you could say if, if it'll hurt somebody else. So just, just be careful and be intentional with your thoughts and words. Yeah. I, I don't think that. So like whenever I feel like uh, someone's criticizing me, I remember that the most critical people are the ones that criticize themselves. People who uh, are really self-accepting also don't criticize people. Yeah. So I remember that, uh, yeah, when somebody is being critical, I'm like, you know what? They're probably way worse on themselves, so it's cool. Um, so that's something to remember too. Like, it's never personal. It's just, it's a habit. Like, when you folk, when, when you, again, when you feel like someone's attacking you, think they're probably attacking themselves a million times worse and they're with themselves 24 seven. So like Katie said, she like, and I think this is, I honestly think this is a big Virgo thing where like you are so self-critical of yourself, which can be amazing in so many ways because then you really show up as your best because you don't want to be anything less than perfect but it all also manifests and you see the wrong in everyone else because if you're holding yourself to these high standards of course you're naturally going to hold your everyone else in your life to the same high standards right so just a reminder that it's you know there is no I can't tell you what's right or wrong for your life only you know that um but I think we all can agree that 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 there's a line that verges on you know self-critical versus can I actually give myself constructive feedback? You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, just a reminder for you guys that we, I mean, every single person has critical thoughts. There's not a human being on this planet that doesn't. So it's not like, like Katie said, there's not good or bad people. Everyone has these thoughts, but it really is your responsibility to take time for yourself and figure out what the mindset you want to cultivate is for your own mental happiness and stability so we will end it there I feel like we've talked about (laughs) self-doubt and self-criticism a lot but it's I really think it's something that everyone should hear and listen to because we all deal with it and we 
I don't think there's too many tools out there to help us figure out why we're like this and how to deal with it head on. So hopefully this podcast, this episode gave you some tips, some inspiration, some advice on how to deal with it head on and really develop a life that feels fully, truly, positively, authentically you. So thank you guys so much once again for joining us today and we will see you in the next one. Bye guys.